Coming up on WealthWorks Radio, we are covering the latest financial news and breaking down a recent survey comparing baby boomers' retirement. And now, WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is WealthWorks Radio. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Joining me today is Joseph Lanza. Joseph is an independent fiduciary at Retirement Wealth alongside Eric Carney. Eric, off on important business called vacation this week, right, Joseph? That's right. Well, we don't know if it's vacation, Steve. It's, we don't it's know. a special mission. A special That's correct. Mission. So uh, how's things? Everything good? Everything's good. Staying busy. Staying yeah. busy. That's, I mean, it, you know, really... Uh, so we're coming up on um, what? It's been many months since uh, since the hurricane. How are right. things? How are things progressing? Are we? Are you still feeling the effects? Are you still sort of anticipating things? I think certain parts are are definitely still feeling the effects. But I know you know in cities like Cape Coral where it, it's booming like I've never seen it before, as far as new construction even goes. Um, new ideas, new commercial buildings are going up. I know in in uh, more near the downtown Cape Coral area, there's um, new high rises that are going to be going up with you know apartments on top and actual businesses on the bottom. Um, there's different types of expansions that are going on and happening. There's a you know in more North Cape, there's actually a a mall that's supposed to be going in almost like an outlet store wow. with apartments as well. Um, I know right over the bridge in Fort Myers, again, there's more high-rise, you know, more luxury-type apartments going in. So this area is really booming. Um, we're finding a lot of even clients that initially came on board were snowbirds, and a lot of those clients are selling their homes up north and just, you know, staying down here permanently. Or, you know, when they go to visit up north, they're they're staying with relatives or their children's have their children's houses, and mm-hmm. um, they're becoming full-time residents down here. All right. Well, that's I mean, that's nothing wrong with that, I guess. Right. No, it's a, it's great for the area. <laughs> yeah. Well, sure. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad to hear things are sort of getting back to some kind of normal and perhaps a little better than that. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely would think so. I know another certain parts, you know, like Fort Myers Beach is still I mean, that's going to take years to recover, but they're definitely you know on the right track. And, yeah. you know, things are opening up back down there. We still have some beach goers now, but nothing like it used to be. But like I said, it's going to take years to get back to that level. Well, um, you know, let's talk about uh, finances then, because talking about vacation is making me, uh, you know, miss vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they kind of go hand in hand, right? Yeah, they do. Exactly. Well, again, in the financial world, again, big week last week, lots of stuff going on. Uh, mm-hmm. Jerome Powell uh, up or made the announcement of the uh, interest rates up another uh, 25 boy- basis points. What do you think? I mean, they're going looking off of inflation, right? They really want to beat inflation as as much as they can, pounding that thing into the ground. Um, and they're doing what they can. It's, it's kind of like tax planning in my eyes where they're looking at what can we do now? And if we have to suffer a little bit now in order to have a better future, then that's what we really need to do. Because we can't just let this thing ride and, and see where it goes. We need to take as much action that we can now in order to better ourselves in the future. Um, and I think that they are worried about if they don't put you know a leash on this thing, then it's going to get out of control. And again, I think that's sort of where uh, the Fed Chair Powell is headed with this one. I think, uh, in fact, let's hear what his thoughts are. The worst outcome for everyone, of course, would be not to deal with inflation now, not get it done. Whatever the short-term social costs of getting inflation under control, the longer-term social costs of failing to do so are greater. The historical record is very, very clear on that. If you go through a period where inflation expectations are not anchored, inflation is volatile, it interferes with people's lives and with economic activity, and you know, that's the thing we really need to avoid and will avoid. All right. So uh, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that one? I mean, <clears throat> he's right in the correct in, in the response. Like it had to be done. Right? I mean, last right. year they raised it extremely fast and high, um, but it has to be done or else, you know, our economy would essentially collapse. It's kind of like on the balancing beam right now where it's we have to raise rates, which could eventually send us into a recession. But if we don't, then high inflation is eventually going to send us into a recession. So it's kind of like you have to have the perfect balance between the two. Um, last year, I think equities and stocks were a lot more sensitive to this rise in interest rates. I mean, typically equities don't like when equities or stocks don't like when interest rates are higher because most companies borrow money constantly, right? They're borrowing, especially these these more uh, speculative companies as far as tech goes. They're constantly borrowing a lot of money in order to put into their research and development. A lot of operations, you know, basic operations ran by the company is used on borrowed dollars. So when that borrowed money is cheaper, then these companies can expand extremely quickly. When during 2020 and even 2021, 
they were borrowing money at close to 0%. So it was free money that they were able right. to use to just grow their business. It was like, hey, you want a loan? You want a loan? It's like you're on Oprah, right? Everybody gets a loan and you, know, yeah. you don't have to pay much back. <laughs> well, now all those same loans, now they're paying a ton of money in interest and it's really affecting the bottom line. That's really what last year proved to us and when we had a, a big down year. Um, but if you look year to date even in the market. I mean, the S&P 500 is up over 18% year to date. Uh, this news got released and we see the equity markets still are, are, are driving forward in the right direction. So it really becomes more of a matter of, especially when you're looking at the stock market, is that news baked in already? And I think that it's getting to a point where it is. People already know, okay, interest rates are high and they're, they're going to continue to keep going higher. And that, that news is already baked into the market. It's priced in, if you will. Mm-hmm. And again, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, differing views on this. Fox Business tackled that and uh, put uh, side by side uh, Euro-Pacific's Peter Schiff and Nat Alliance's Andy Brenner. Um, and uh, they're both talking about what they think uh, is the best way to handle inflation. Here's Andy Brenner. I love T-bills at five and a half percent. Look, you can't get a better deal than T-bills right now. I just like accruing five and a half percent for T-bills. So I'm going to stay safe. I've made some good money in equities this year. I'm going to kind of put that aside and I'm going to coordinate into T-bills. All right. T-bills. Is that the way to go? I mean, like we said before, not to answer this like a politician, but everybody's situation is is different, right? But the one thing that you do have to look at is T-bills are so high because inflation is so high still. So what's really your real return, right? If inflation's at 5% and you're getting a 5.5% T-bill, well, after you pay tax on that, what's your real return when then you factor in inflation? You have to think about your purchasing power. And the flip side to that is if you were invested primarily in equities last year, you more than likely had a double digit loss on that year. If you go into this year, if you did go into this year, I should say, because we are later in the year now, but if you went into this year and you moved out of equities and started moving into T-bills because four or 5% was attractive to you, well, you kind of missed out on the recovery and the possible recovery that we have from now until the end of this year, meaning you lost over double digit numbers last year. And then this year you were so attracted to that four or 5% that you moved a majority of your money into that. Now that's really the repercussions that you're not participating in that recovery. So, you know, when, when you have a, a losing asset, something that is very undervalued, you have to be careful about moving out of that asset into something else that, you know, you know exactly how much you may be getting in return, but what could you possibly be missing out on by selling that asset? All right, let's get a contrasting view here from Peter Schiff. He is uh, from Euro-Pacific, and he's uh, thinking, he's saying here that the Fed maybe made some missteps, and uh, here's how he says we should handle it in the future. There's no safety in T-bills. you got to get out of the dollar. That's what's losing purchasing power. You want to own real money, which would be gold, but you want to own dividend-paying stocks that are not in dollars. You want to be in anything that's inflation-sensitive. And so all this stuff that worked during the bubble days, that's not going to work. Okay. You've got to be invested for inflationary-type stocks. So look at the 1970s. That's your blueprint for what's going to work. See the investments that worked in the 70s and get into those. All right. So what was in the 70s that was so exciting? Well, I think you know, past performance is never a guaranteed exactly. future result, right? So you Especially can't really 40 just, years ago. You can never pull out the playbook of, of 1970 and say, well, this is exactly what happened then. We're going to go and you know use those investments that work now. Yeah, you can look at past trends and history and help you better understand the market and analyze certain things and, and see, okay, well, maybe this asset class may perform better than this one during these rough times or whatever we're going through, but it's never going to be a guarantee of future results. Okay. And to say that you know T-bills are, are not safe or not good, Good right now, they definitely can have a place in the actual investment portfolio, depending on on what you're looking for. And really, if you're if you're talking about investment grades and, and the safest types of fixed income to have, well, T bills are going to be the highest on that list, right? They're backed by the government. They have you know performed and, and made those promises to pay back that instead of a corporation that's paying it back, where a corporation can go belly up, kind of like what we saw with Silicon Valley Bank, right? If anybody owned a a bond from them. They weren't getting their they weren't getting uh, their, their premium back. They so weren't much. getting par value for the, for that back. So to say that those are not safe, you know, both of these guys are kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum here. Mm -hmm. um, and, to, and we've talked about it on the show before, but to say that one total asset class is horrible right now or bad right now, it always makes you bat an eye and say, hmm, let me investigate that a little bit more because it's never really good to write off a, a, a total investment strategy. Um, 
there's always going to be the good and bads for it. And it's about mixing the two. Um, you can definitely, T-bills will definitely have a, a place in the portfolio. It's just a matter of how much you're actually allocating towards that. But I do agree in his statement with actually having real dollars in things, right? And if anything that the market has shown us that this year, like I said, the S&P is up 18%. If you missed out on that money, that's some of the easiest money that to make, right? From mm-hmm. January 1st till now, from per- just participating in that recovery. But a lot of people got emotional about their money they you know, got scared, they weren't seeing recovery fast enough, and they pulled their money out. They're either sitting in cash or they're sitting in T-bills, or their advisor actually didn't make the move for them or reallocate to make their portfolios more relevant to what's actually going on in the market, so they're not participating in that recovery. All right, then, and uh, one before we run out of time, uh, Schiff mentioned uh, inflation-sensitive investments. Are there such a thing, or is that an annuity, essentially? Well, in, in, there, there's certain investment securities or um, strategies do better during high inflation times, right? Um, You know, like last year, gold performed, um, you know, gold was increased last year, it kind of hedges inflation. But then the flip side to that is, well, this year, inflation has been on a steady downward trend. So if you are stuck in gold this year, if majority of your assets are still in gold this year, well, if you compare gold to the S&P 500, you're going to see a, a vast difference in, in that. Um, and there's actually a, a fascinating chart that I pulled uh, last week or the week before that compared gold to the Dow Jones and the S&P 500. And when you look at that over, you know, from starting from the 1970s or even the 80s, actual equities blow gold away. I'm not saying gold doesn't have a place in the portfolio, but to have majority of your assets in that gold, many people, when they make that move, it's very hard for them to get out of gold and into something else. And they end up just being stuck with that. Sure. So there are certain investments that you can that you can place that are going to help during inflation. There are certain annuities that are uh, set up as increasing annuities, meaning if that annuity is paying payments to you, it's meant to, it's built to actually pay you a higher amount each and every year in order to keep up with your cost of living. It's almost like having a pension that has a cost of living adjustment on it. Okay. So there are different things that we can put into the portfolio or investment strategies we can put into place that during times of high inflation are going to bode well for the client. All right. Well, again, on that note, let's just go ahead and wrap it up this segment, uh, Joseph, and invite folks to call and get a spot on your calendar. Whether you currently have an advisor or you've never worked with a financial professional before, we're going to be taking the next 10 callers who are in need of that missing financial plan. We're going to create and customize a full-blown financial plan review valued at over $1,000 and give it away absolutely complimentary, no obligation. What this will consist of is simply taking the mystery out of financial planning by taking a look at what you're currently doing and maybe just making some slight changes. Let's map it all out. Your goals, income needs, expenses, tax strategies, and even transfers of generational wealth. We'll get that plan built for you and see where it leads you. Let's get you reacquainted with your investments without any obligation. In short, we're going to take the guesswork out of financial planning. So for the next 10 callers, a full-blown comprehensive plan review that is valued at over $1,000, we'll be giving it to you complimentary with no obligation. That sounds fantastic, Joseph. 800-779-1942 is the number to call to get things rolling. You're going to get the comprehensive financial review that Joseph just described, and you're going to walk out with a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. Don't wait another day. Just make that phone call right now. 800-779-1942. 800-779-1942. Coming up after the break, we cover the true impact inflation can have on your... Hey, we're back on WealthWorks Radio. Joseph Lance is here. Eric Carney off on a special business. We call it vacation in most places, uh, but we'll, <laughs> we'll let him get away with that. Yeah. Uh, J- Joseph, uh, yeah, scourge of inflation. That's a great word, a scourge, scourge. It's, uh, I think it's an old pirate term. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> it. definitely does. So the thing about it is, you know, we talked about this in the last segment, uh, you know, uh, 25 basis points. The Federal Reserve interest rate is up. Um, that's the highest in 22 years. And again, people talking about inflation and 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 what we can do about it. And but I'll, I'll ask you this, Joseph: Isn't inflation just a natural part of our economy? I mean, it just happens, and it doesn't have to be out of control. Yeah. But it's always there. It is. It, it's always been there. Some years it's even at zero percent. Right? We have no inflation. But uh, generally speaking, a healthy market is going to have some level of normal inflation, right? Normally, it's between 1% to 2%. 
And it's always been there, which means we've been planning for this for our clients within our income plans, within our financial plans for years now, right? If anybody's been a client in that initial plan that we set up for them, they can see inflation taking an impact on their expenses or how much they actually have to pull from their assets since they started their plan. So when inflation hit last year and you know we got to numbers of eight, nine percent, you know, year over year inflation, well, that was already factored into the client's financial plan. And we run an average rate, which means if we're running an average rate of inflation at two point five or three percent, well, before some years were at zero percent or one percent, but we are still accounting for that higher inflation because we were running an average rate. So when that time came where inflation was actually higher and we had to pull more money you know, on a monthly basis where however clients are actually receiving that income to pay for their expenses, it wasn't, you know, nobody was frazzled by that. Uh, it was always it was always in there within the plan. This is why we're running that financial plan. So when, when times get tough, like last year, when we sit down with clients or when they log into their financial plan, they can say, oh, well, we've already accounted for this. We can afford to pull out this extra money or however much we need for this year. And it doesn't cause people to get emotional about their investments or make any irrational decisions. Okay. And um, so how in those plans, you have to make, sometimes you have to make adjustments. Other times, you know, because you the way that it's planned out, nothing changes, right? Yeah. I mean, well, everything, the plan is kind of set up to change, right? No okay, matter. Yeah, right. No, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, every time that we've sat down with a client and actually built out a plan for them, we know that that plan is not going to go exactly according to that plan, which sounds funny because it's like, well, why are you planning if you know it's not going to go according to that? Well, that's kind of the basis of it, right? right. Our lives are ever so changing. You got to start you know, somewhere. <clears throat> right. We're never going to have a year where we can exactly say, this is exactly how much much money you're going to need. There's so many variable expenses, right? What if your AC goes out that year? What if you need new tires, right? I mean, what if you're, you know, the gift for your grandchild you want to buy is, you know, a little bit more expensive than you thought. Nobody knows that exact dollar amount, but if we're not planning to begin with, then we're going to be so far off when that time actually comes that we're putting ourselves in a much worse position. So when we sit down with the clients and we go over that plan, we know, and they know, we let it be known to them. This is not exactly how things are going to bode for you, right? Nobody knows that we don't have a crystal ball. Nobody does, but we're pretty sure that this is going to be pretty close to what you have to, to, to go through in retirement. And we also build out different scenarios of saying, okay, well, if you go through this, here's what that looks like. Or if you change your mind about this, you know, if you do buy that second property, here's what that looks like in your financial plan. Or if you decide to get that new roof this year, here's what that looks like in your financial plan. So we're providing them with all the different scenarios so that way they can decide and make the decision that looks best for them. That really is what's important. And one of the things that I love how you do that is, is you do, you give us those options because that's, I mean, that just gives us confidence. If, if we know that, you know, option A or option B and both are good, we just pick the one that makes most sense to us. Yeah. And we're going to give our point, point of view as well, right? That's why we're the advisor. But we also have the emotional side of it taken out of that. We're providing an objective standpoint or point of view. So important. Uh, and, and that's what advisors really for. And when we meet with clients, really the basis of a lot of our meetings is just educating that client on here's how things look and here's why we're saying we should we suggest this instead of just saying, oh, this is the better thing to do. Right, because then moving forward, that client really just says, oh, I let my advisor decide on, on everything for me. Well, really, if you have a basis of education, then you're going to be able to be on the same page with that client a lot more. They understand the moves that you're making, whether it's in the investment portfolio or whether you're saying, hey, you know, we're going to turn off income from this account and actually put it on from this account because of X, Y and Z. Right. You're explaining that to the client. And you're actually educating them on that. Well, and again, financial education is is really lacking uh, for a lot of us. And, and again, it's not, I don't think, any fault of our own, but it, it's just because we've never retired before. We've never gone through this before. You have. That's where you taking the emotion out of it comes into play. Yeah, we deal with clients on a, on a weekly, you know, we do a 401k rollover probably on a weekly basis, right? Mm -hmm. we've, we've put so many people through retirement and through the end of retirement as well that we've seen it over and over and over again. We've seen many different cases, all different situations, all different goals and objectives, things that clients may need. And it helps us better plan for people where we can say, hey, I know you may not be thinking about this right now, but not many people are, but they go through this. Like when we think about things like a long-term care event, hey, here's what typically happens with clients. Here's how we can better prepare for that or even when it comes to taxes and we're looking at tax planning. Here's what we're doing for a lot of our clients because of where the current tax laws look like they're going to be going. Here's the changes we can make now in order to better you in the future. Okay. And, and again, let's talk diversification. Where does that come into play? Yeah. Diversification. A lot of clients that we see coming in right now, they have portfolios that they've been in for the past 5, 10, 15 years, especially if they're working with an advisor we even see where there's no activity that's actually taking place in that portfolio. There's no relevancy, if you will, meaning 
what's actually working for a lot of people in the market right now, they might not be participating in that because their advisor has them in a set it and forget it portfolio. Meaning what they signed up with that advisor, those investments, they've never really changed. They may go through a rebalance, but they've just been the same old investments. And if we know anything about the market, it's ever so changing. We can't have the exact same investments, right? What worked for us 20 years ago will most likely not work for us now. That's like why we said in the last segment, what worked in the 70s is not exactly what's going to work, work <laughs> right, for us exactly. now. And exactly. when you're paying an advisor a fee to actually manage your investments, or hopefully they're writing you a financial plan as well, you have to be asking yourself, okay, well, what value is this advisor really bringing to me? And when you think about a set it and forget it portfolio, where's the value in that? What, what value is that advisor bringing to you? If that's something that, oh, these are my investments, they're never going to change. Well, I could do that, right? There, there's an, there's <laughs> sure. no real value or, or taking advantage of what's really going on in the market. You want somebody, and I think this is why we're seeing a lot of people that are kind of waking up to this idea after last year, it was kind of an eye opener. It takes those down years for people to realize, oh, my advisor is really not doing much for me. Um, and then they're, and they're realizing, well, if I'm going to pay somebody a fee, you better show me why you're charging me a fee. Where, where's your work going into this? Uh, and I know, you know, Eric and I sleep well at night because not only can we see the fee, but we know that our clients can, can see that value that our fee provides to them, right? Meaning they can see the changes that we're making in the portfolio. They understand, again, this is why we educate our clients as well. Hey, here's, here's what's happening. Here's why we're doing the things that we're doing and the changes. And they can see that all in, whether it's in their statements or their financial plan. 800-779-1942 is the number to call. Folks, love to hear from you. Um, and again, so we're talking, we got to talk about taxes because that comes into play too. And, and uh, you know, the good news is you offer some fantastic, tax strategies. Yeah, like I said, it's about looking into the future and seeing, okay, well, what can we change now or what moves can we make now in order to better ourselves in the future? So many CPAs, so many times people think about taxes, they think about, oh, well, what deductions can I get for this year? Well, how, how can I save taxes in the current year? Where we really come into in planning as well, planning is all about looking into the future. So that's what our job really is. What can we do now in order to maybe change your tax situation in the future? Are there new tax strategies, new tax laws that are coming out that we can put into play in order to make some of your taxable accounts maybe tax-free? Or even setting up things like tax-free pensions, whether it's for you, for your children, for your grandchildren. What can we do now in order to change that for you? Instead of just looking at, okay, here's what your tax bill is going to be. We can uh, change this a little bit by taking this deduction. Or if we do that, you'll save taxes on this year. Well, that's great, but that's only you know this year. When we're planning for retirement, we're thinking 25, 30, 30 years, 35 years down the line. So there's a lot that can be done now in order to change that in the future. Right. And and again, those are the kinds of things that, you know, that, that forward thinking, that forward looking processes that, that you do, that makes so much sense to work with an independent fiduciary advisor like you guys are at Retirement Wealth. And, and really, you talk about sleep well at night. I'm, I'm talking confidence. You just give us the confidence to say, all right, I'm going to take this retirement thing and make the best out of it. Well, I think what people want in an advisor is somebody who's looking forward and actually thinking about that, those future years. We all live life, you know, six months or even sometimes a year at a time or day to day at a time, right? We're just worried about what we're going to do tomorrow, especially, especially during our working years. We're not really thinking about, oh, what's my life going to look like in 10 or 20 years? Most mm -hmm. people are just worried about this year. So when you're working with an independent fiduciary advisor, their job really is to be that person that looks forward into the future for you. And they're having that objective point of view where they're saying, you know, they're not letting their emotions get tied into these things. They're saying, hey, just from a number standpoint, here's what things are going to look like for you in the future. So here's what we're recommending the changes that need to be made for you now. All right. Well, again, folks, if it's time to make changes in your plan, or maybe it's time to just get that plan put together once and for all, now's the time to give Joseph a call. He's got some spots for you on the calendar, and he would love to see you. Whether you currently have an advisor or you've never worked with a financial professional before, we're going to be taking the next 10 callers who are in need of that missing financial plan. We're going to create and customize a full-blown financial plan review valued at over $1,000 and give it away absolutely complimentary, no obligation. What this will consist of is simply taking the mystery out of financial planning by taking a look at what you're currently doing and maybe just making some slight changes. Let's map it all out. Your goals, income needs, expenses, 
tax strategies, and even transfers of generational wealth. We will get that plan built for you and see where it leads you. Let's get you reacquainted with your investments without any obligation. In short, we're going to take the guesswork out of financial planning. So for the next 10 callers, a full-blown comprehensive plan review that is valued at over $1,000 will be giving it to you complimentary with no obligation. Sounds fantastic, Joseph. Give us a call, 800-779-1942. It's a great opportunity for you to get a financial roadmap put together. And that's why we give you the opportunity to review your individual circumstances, no cost, no obligation. And if you want to take advantage of this complimentary review, just call us, 800-779-1942, 800-779-1942. Coming up on WealthWorks Radio, over the next several years, millions of folks will be retiring, from pre-retirees to retirees and everyone in between. Folks are worried about falling short in retirement. We are back on WealthWorks Radio. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Joseph Lanz is here. Joseph is independent fiduciary at Retirement Wealth and uh, works alongside Eric Carney, who is usually here. He is gone this week. Uh, we'll be back soon. You figure he'll be back next week, Joseph? Yeah, All right. will be. Very, very well then. And uh, again, these are the kinds of things we, we talk about baby boomers, you know, 10,000 baby boomers every day. Um, and from now till 2030 i don't think it ends there uh, so yeah it's crazy it really is and and but here's what i find interesting and and, and we're kind of seeing a shift and i know the focus is on baby boomers because there are more of them than anybody else at this point but i think gen xers we need to start talking to them as well and teaching them they have to get ready for retirement because gen xers are are some are in their late 50s already certainly some in their early 40s so let's uh, let's do a comparison let's kind of break it down based on a survey done by the Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies. It's their 23rd annual survey. So uh, Gen X, those born between 65 and 1980. Uh, again, like I said, some of them in their late 50s already. What are we talking about here uh, when it talks about only 17% of Gen X workers are confident they'll be able to fully retire? Eight in 10 folks, 80% are concerned that Social Security will not be there from for them. Is that is that fair? Is that a fair a fair fear? I mean, it's definitely what the media is always talking about, oh, right? Oh, it sure is. Social Security is not going to be there. Social Security is not going to be there. It's it's the the biggest hound right now. Um, I personally think it, it's still going to be there for them. It's just probably going to be taxed differently. It's going to be structured a little bit differently. It's it's you know, Social Security is not going to go belly up. If we've learned anything about the you know United States government, it's that they'll go into more debt if they need to in order to keep things afloat uh it's what we've been doing for for quite some time now yes. or they're going to change the tax laws on social security right right now only 85 up to 85 percent of social security is actually taxable to you and there's also a cap on people that are still working it's i think it's about one hundred and forty-seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars. <throat> only up to that amount can be taxed for social security well, you know, if, if Social Security really is running dry, don't you think that that's going to be pushed up a little bit? Now, people who make more are going to be actually getting taxed more for Social Security in order to afford the baby boomers who are retiring. Um, I do think that that's something that we will see instead of just the government coming out and saying, nope, no more Social Security. Sorry for everybody who paid into it yeah, <laughs> and hasn't, exactly. taken, hasn't taken anything out yet. But uh, you exactly. guys are kind of just out of luck. Yeah. It's, a, it's pretty unrealistic, an unrealistic fear. I do think there's going to be some change to it, which the fear for that is. Is, is definitely real. But other than that, I don't, I don't think it's going to be going anywhere. All right. Um, so f- back to the survey, 54% of Gen Xers plan to work in retirement. Uh, I mean, that's more than half, obviously. How, how does that sit with you? What do you yeah, think? I mean, this, this kind of surprised me because I think that you think the same way. But when you think about retirement, what do you think about? Not working. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think know? the same way. Right. I think most people think exactly the same way. So when somebody says, well, I'm, I'm going to plan to work in retirement, it's like, oh, you're not really in retirement then. Right. I mean, I understand the thought of maybe going part time for a little bit or some people even do consulting with the firms that they were working for. But as far as saying, you know, you're going to plan to work in retirement seems a little bit silly. Um, What we do for most of our our clients is we like to provide them with that financial plan that says, okay, at this age, you can retire, you can be done. 
right? No more work. You don't have to have part-time work. If you want to, great. It's only going to help your plan. It's only going to help your your assets uh, continue to to grow, even in some cases that we were not pulling out so much to actually keep your lifestyle afloat. But we like to provide our clients with that confidence of saying, okay, you don't have to work anymore after this age. If you want to, that's on you. Some people do it for social, right? You know, Maybe they don't have that, that many hobbies and they're kind of bored, so they want to stay on part-time. But I think general uh, the general consensus is, they want to stop working completely, right? They want to actually enjoy retirement. That's what we want to be able to provide people the confidence with. Of course. Um, so moving on, again, getting back to the survey, uh, baby boomers, though those born between 46 and 64, uh, 50s to 70s where they are today. Uh, here's one. 41% of baby boomer workers expect Social Security to be their primary source of retirement income. Now, that's a contrast to the Gen Xers who say 80% say it's not even going to be there. Yeah, exactly. And I think that um, a lot of this comes from people who were too dependent on Social Security to be not not that dependent on it being there for them, but it being such a big part of their retirement. Is it important to plan for that you know you're going to get it? Yes, of course, but you need to be putting more money away on top of that or else you're going to be living sometimes in some people's situations when you really start to look at their budget, uh, you're going to be living really below your means, right? Yep. Maybe in a lifestyle that you really didn't see yourself living yeah. in retirement. Um, so it is a little scary when you hear 41% is Social Security is going to be their primary source of retirement income. Yeah. I mean, again, that's I mean that's that's on us. And I'm speaking me collectively as baby boomers. That's on us to fix that. Yeah, you're their lead representative, Steve. Okay. Right. <laughs> no, I'm See just kidding. Yeah. No, no, but um, I, I do think that, that it does come from, you know, a lack of putting away additional money into, you know, whatever 401ks or even outside of that and, and building up those those accounts, whether it's real estate or uh, individual brokerage accounts. But it, it is a little bit alarming that that many people are relying as their primary source of income. Because sure. although, like I said, I do think it's still going to be there. It's just a matter of how much is right. going to be there for them. Exactly. And then um, how about this? Almost half of baby boomers, 49% expect to work past age 70 or do not plan to retire. That's uh, that, that seems a little surprising to me too, although I have got a brother-in-law and sister-in-law both in their 70s and they just, I mean, they're just going, you know. Yeah, I mean, working forever doesn't really sound like much of a plan to me. No, right? I don't Somebody like that the says, idea. You know, and, I, and we've dealt with that with clients before and, you know, we're still writing a financial plan for them because it is a bit ridiculous. You know, we, we say, well, I know you want to work forever, but, um, you know, you may, you may always have some, you know, little bit of your foot in the water a little bit somehow, even in your later years of whether mm -hmm. you, a lot of times it comes to people who are running, you know, they have their own business or they're running their own business. And like, I don't ever want to sell this thing. I, I'm always going to be a part of it. But you still have to plan, right? You, working forever is not a plan, especially when you're running your own business. How much income you're actually going to be able to get from that business in those later years is such a variable that you want to be able to tell yourself, okay, even if, if I do retire at this age, I've accumulated enough assets to keep me going through retirement. And to, to Cole, I mean, to go along with that number of 49% expecting to work past, 83% of them said the reason they want to work, they have to work, is just that they have to work financial related. Yeah, which, which really isn't a surprise, right? I think no. that's why <clears throat> why most people are working right. uh, in general, right? That they, they have to they're they're doing it for the money, right? They're right. not doing they're not doing it for fun, if you will. Um, so it really isn't a surprise, and I think a lot of it is just becoming. You know, we'll talk a little bit more about this, but it's the lack of financial plans that we're seeing with baby boomers and even Gen Xers, right? They're they're not speaking to advisors, they're not writing their financial, they're not getting a financial plan done. Even if they're doing it themselves, we're finding that a lot of them are not actually taking this serious until it comes time to take it serious, which is a little bit too late, if you think about it. Yes, right. The, you know, the earlier that you can start planning for this, the much better you're going to be. Um, there's that quote about Warren Buffett's wealth, right? You know, when he was worth $84 billion, it said 80, 81.5 billion of his dollars were made after he turned 65. Man. So when you think about compound wealth, right? When you think about compounding interest, compounding your wealth, growing your money, it's not linear. It's exponential, which means those later years, however early you start, those later years that you can get to is going to be massive, a massive difference to depending on if you wait. Sure. Well, and, and this one really surprised me. 11% of both Gen X and baby boomers base their estimate on an amount given to them by a financial advisor, meaning that 89% failed to speak with a professional before determining their retirement needs. Again, that just goes to what you were just talking about, Joseph. Yeah, and I mean, it's it really does seem 
backwards, right? And it's like, you know, you're talking to your advisor when in the year that you want to retire or you go see an advisor in the year that you want to retire. Or we're even finding that some people who are, you know, still working, maybe they did make the right move and they just said, you know, I want to get an advisor and maybe in the early fifties and they started to go talk to somebody and they've been with them for a couple of years and they come in to us to get it, to get a second opinion with us. And we say, okay, well, where's your financial plan with that advisor? Well, I'm, I'm not in retirement yet, so I don't have a financial plan. Mm, well, big mistake. how do you know you can retire without one? Right. You're, you're at that point, you're just hiring that advisor to hopefully pick the best investments for you and, and, and grow those. What are you growing those for? Right. You actually have to have a purpose for that money that's in place. So even if you're still working or you're in your accumulation years, it could be the most important time for you to make those changes in order for you to have a successful retirement. And then we'll wind up with this one. Fifty nine percent of Gen Xers, 47 percent of baby boomers agreed with this statement. I prefer not to think about or concern myself with retirement investing until I get closer to my retirement date. Boy, that seems like it's right out of, you know, gone with the wind. Oh, wait till tomorrow. Yeah, it's, it's well, you know what it reminds me of is the, everybody knows those person that's like, I do not dare to step on step on the scale right now. Oh, yeah, right? Right. They refuse to they refuse to weigh themselves something like, yeah. you know, and it's almost like they're delusional in their head where it's like, well, if I don't look at it, then it's not an issue. Yes, of course. We it's all do that. It, it's still an issue, right? Yes, it's, but I mean, it and, uh, you know, it's the human brain. Everybody does it with different aspects of their life. But this is a really important one, right? Right. It's, a, it's our retirement. It's our finances. It's, it's our well-being of how we're actually going to finish out uh, our retirement and our life. So, like I said, the earlier that you can look at that, just it's the better you're going to be for yourself. It's kind of like, well, it's, it's like deciding when you should start taking your health seriously. The earlier, the better, right? The, like, you know, you don't want to wait to take your health seriously. It's just going to make it harder and harder for you to get out of that hole, right? You may mm-hmm. have to lose more and more weight or you may have to deal with more and more problems if you just keep waiting and keep your you know, current unhealthy lifestyle the same way sure the same thing with your financial lifestyle the sooner that you can speak to and you know not just one advisor maybe getting multiple advisors meaning interviewing different people seeing which one fits best for you and coming up with a structured plan for what's going to work best all right i I like the sound of that 800-779-1942 and you know so what's the best thing that you can say to a to a gen xer or a baby boomer to just say let's get it to i mean how do you encourage them how do we get them to to make a commitment yeah so i mean most times when somebody comes in, I like to run a financial plan for where they're currently at, right? Let's see what you're currently doing. Let's see where that's going to take you. Now we take that plan and look at that. And then myself, Eric, Donna, certified financial planner, uh, we're, we're going to look at that plan and say, okay, well, what changes can we make to this plan? And what recommendations can we change? And we start factoring in those little strategies or those changes, right? Maybe whether it's sometimes it's as simple as increase your contributions or let's open up a Roth IRA and start putting money in there. Let's look at possible IULs. Let's look at whatever it may be, right? I mean, yes. the, 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 the actual arsenal of tools is, is endless that we can implement for a financial plan. But then we build a second financial plan that says, here are our recommendations or changes. And then we run that all the way out through their whole retirement, all the way to the end. And we can show them the bottom line. Okay, based on the variables that you gave me in the beginning, here's the difference between if you keep going down the track you're going down and if you just make a couple changes here. And a lot of times, especially if we're working with a Gen Xer, right, somebody who maybe is in their late 40s or early 50s, that difference is huge because we're talking about 40, you know, 40 plus years possibly, especially for somebody who's in their late 40s or early 50s of change of growth that we can make to their assets and actually change their whole financial aspect of where they thought they were going to be in retirement. Sure. Well, again, Joseph, uh, let's go ahead and invite folks to call. Uh, and, and again, folks, if you've never put a plan together, now is the time. Whether you currently have an advisor or you've never worked with a financial professional before, we're going to be taking the next 10 callers who are in need of that missing financial plan. We're going to create and customize a full-blown financial plan review valued at over $1,000 and give it away absolutely complimentary, no obligation. What this will consist of is simply taking the mystery out of financial planning by taking a look at what you're currently doing and maybe just making some slight changes. Let's map it all out. Your goals, income needs, expenses, tax strategies, and even transfers of generational wealth. We will get that plan built for you and see where it leads you. Let's get you reacquainted with your investments without any obligation. In short, we're going to take the guesswork out of financial planning. So for the next 10 callers, a full-blown comprehensive plan review that is valued at over $1,000, we'll be giving it to you complimentary with no obligation. Fantastic, Joseph. Give us a call right away, 800-779-1942. Make that phone call right now, 800-779-1942, Up next on WealthWorks Radio. 
Hey, welcome back. This is WealthWorks Radio. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall, and joining me today is Joseph Lanza. He is an independent fiduciary at Retirement Wealth alongside Eric Carney. Eric normally here with Joseph, but uh, Eric off uh, off uh, gallivanting, I'm going to say today, uh, mm-hmm. this time. <laughs> well, in any case, he'll be back. Uh, and so you guys, uh, you know, before we started the show, Joseph, you were saying, hey, you are staying way busy. So, what's, yeah. so it's summertime. I know just from in, in the past, I know things kind of have slowed down, but not the case this year. No, I think, you know, especially with what we were talking about before, we have a lot of people who are, you know, moving down from the north and becoming permanent residents down here. A lot of people who have advisors that they may have been using for years, uh, you know, up north and they're, they want to get a second opinion. Uh, we see a lot of people who last year kind of unveiled or pulled back the curtain and said, what value is my advisor really providing me? Or people that just want to have that second opinion of saying, all right, well, I know, you know, my advisor is saying I'm okay, but they may not understand really why they're okay. So why not get a second opinion by somebody who is independent fiduciary and see where they're currently at? Right. I, I like the sound of it, Joseph. 800-779-1942. If it sounds good to you, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we did hear from a bunch of folks this week in the world of questions, and let's jump into a few of those. Uh, Joseph, our first question is from Martha, and she's in Marco Island. And she's wondering, how do I determine how much to withhold on my monthly Social Security income? This will be the first year that I receive benefits, and they'll be starting in September. So, well, right off the bat, you, you can have them withhold your, more than likely they're going to withhold your Medicare premiums, whatever right. that amount will be. Um, other than that, it, you really have to look at the other income that you have coming in in order to de- determine how much of your Social Security will be taxed, if any, right? So there's actually a chart um, that you can look at that's going to tell you, okay, depending on other income, meaning things like if you have a pension, then more than likely a percentage of your Social Security is going to be considered taxable income. So then you can decide, okay, I know how much of my Social Security is considered taxable income. So do the math and figure out how much of that you want to be withheld from your actual monthly payment that they're making to Mm -hmm. you. If you don't have any other income coming into you, then Social Security is going to not be taxed and you can have all that money come into you without any withholding besides, you know, more than likely your Medicare premium. Right. So really, you have to look at the other income, other taxable income that you're going to be have coming into you before you can determine how much you want them to withhold. So is that a strategy you can help us with? Oh, of course. I mean, when we're talking about financial planning and income planning, all these numbers are already being factored into our, our client's plan. And we know those in advance, especially if somebody is planning on retiring well, we know exactly how much you know we're projecting their social security to be. If we're pulling out money from like IRAs, then we know okay, well they're going to have this much taxable income, so that's going to affect their social security amounts. We know that they're going to have to withhold X amount of dollars from their social security, and this is all things that this is what a, really a comprehensive financial plan deals with, right? Is looking at all of these different scenarios. Another one that a lot of people kind of don't think about is Medicare premiums. Medicare oh, yeah. premiums go based off of whatever your income was two years in arrear, meaning, you know, the, the last two years, two, looking two years back. So sometimes people want to do, you know, things like large Roth conversions or make these, you know, big changes to their retirement accounts that could in, increase their taxable income. Well, not only is it going to increase your taxable income for that given year, but then in the future, your Medicare premiums could be drastically higher as well. So these are all things that are really important. Donna does a great job as our certified financial planner when she's meeting with clients and running all these numbers to keep track of these things. That way our clients are not overwhelmed by all this. All right. Well, that makes sense. And uh, so there you go. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 800-779-1942. Um, Frank's in Port Charlotte says, I have money in certificates of deposits, CDs. He says, I'm charged fees for withdrawing from these accounts. Now, I want my money to be able to grow in an account, but I also want to be able to withdraw from it without any fees if needed. What kind of other accounts can I invest my money into? Yeah, so if this money is in CDs and they're not like in IRAs, obviously, because if they're in an IRA, then any money being pulled out of that is going to be taxable income to you. But if it's like after-tax dollars then you can invest those in things like an individual brokerage account or a joint brokerage account. And you can put those in things like, you know, a dividend paying stock or even a growth stock if you want, depending on, you know, your risk tolerance. And you can sell that stock at any given time that the market is open and withdraw that money and not have a fee for what that, whatever uh, amount that is that's being pulled out. That's all your money. Yeah. Um, you can even, you know, we talked a little bit about T-bills earlier on, but uh, T-bills do have maturity dates. You're not going to be 
penalized for actually getting rid of that T-bill. However, you will miss out on the maturity date or maturity amount that they're going to give you and the interest up until that maturity uh, amount, however soon you pull that. Mm -hmm. But there's not going to be necessarily a penalty like a CD will have. All right. So there is a solution for him. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, give us a call. 800-779-1942. Marie is in Fort Myers. She says, I'm 65 years old. I have $1.5 million from divorce proceedings. What concepts can I use to guide the allocation of my assets in my portfolio? Just call Joseph. Yeah, well, it's, it's actually it's a great question, right? Yeah. I mean, we have your age and we have the amount, right? But that's just two of many things that we need to kind of determine exactly where your allocation will be actually when you do get set up. Yep. Um, we're going to look at things like, well, you know, you may have 1.5 coming into you, but what is your cost of living right now? How much do you actually are you going to be pulling from this account on a regular basis? That's going to determine a lot of how we're actually setting this account up. What are the goals and objectives for your retirement? Um, and, you know, if something is if you do need a lot of uh, annual withdrawals from this account, then it's going to change how we're actually investing that account. Maybe it's something that is not as aggressive because we know that we need uh, income from this, or we're going to set it up to be more income producing assets, maybe things like dividend paying stocks or possibly looking at annuities. Um, it all depends on what your needs are for this amount of money really. And then we can build out different plans of showing you what different scenarios look like, uh, depending on the different type of allocation we choose for that portfolio. And most importantly, which a lot of people fail to, to, for, to think about when they're choosing their asset allocation is, well, where is the market currently at right now as well? Right? Because right. if you're thinking about right now, or even like last year, somebody may say, well, I want things to be more conservative. So let's put majority of this into bonds or like bond funds. Well, if that was done, then We've seen where bonds have completely fallen off because of where interest rates are at. So it's extremely important to take a look at where the current market is at, like the interest rate environment, the other economic data points that, we're, that we review on a regular basis in order to determine the actual allocation of the assets. All right. And let me say this. Way to go, Marie. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ken has a question in Cape Coral. He says, I'm inheriting about $47,000 from the sale of my deceased mother's home. Now, should I invest all of it, uh, all of it or invest half of it and use the other half to pay off the balance of my mortgage, which is about $25,000 at 4.5%? So something that's really important that you can look at here is wherever you're deciding to invest that, if that investment on average has a higher rate of return or a sufficiently higher rate of return than four and a half percent, then more than likely you're better off just investing that. And as long as it's a fixed mortgage rate, right at that 4.5%, then that's how you know you're using your money wisely and paying off that is not going to cost you any opportunity. Meaning if your money's earning you six and a half percent every single year, then that four and a half percent, if you're going to pay that off, well, you're just missing out on that two percent that you would be getting every single year on your money. You're paying off something that has a lower interest rate than what you're actually earning on your money. Now, if that forty-seven thousand dollars, if your plan was to keep that in cash or let that sit in something very conservatively, well, then it would make more sense because then you're saving yourself that you know paying off that interest. So it really depends on looking at your investments and seeing how high of an interest rate you can earn on average, depending on what it is, before you can decide, okay, should I pay off the mortgage or not? Sure, but again, that's a great conversation, and I mean, he's in a pretty good position either way. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people have the sometimes you know we can we provide that information to clients and they're even you know they can even if their investments are earning them more than that four and a half percent on average they don't care right they just want to pay off that more they want to be done with it they want that weight off their shoulders of debt which again that's their decision this is their money they've worked their whole life for this money they can make that decision but it's still our job to show them from an objective standpoint and point of view from as an advisor or a money manager here's where the best places for your capital to be are in our opinion but what you do with that is yours all right <clears throat> let's see we got uh, time for one more here let's go to leah in naples she says i'm 71 and on medicare i do not have a health savings account now, my husband is 63 years old and not on Medicare, but he has an HSA where he contributes 3500 per year. Now, if he contributes 6500 for the for the family, can I draw upon that for my medical expenses? Yes. The short answer is yes. So that the spouse can actually use um, the HSA money either on her or the husband in this case. Um, and you can also use it on any dependents that are claimed on the tax return. And you can even use it on any dependents that you could have claimed on your tax return as well. So it's kind of a nice little uh, 
don't know if you call it a loophole or not, but that is right in the IRS rulings there. So you still can use that HSA money for uh, your family. All right, fair enough, Leah. And uh, give us a call, 800-779-1942. Let's wrap it up, Joseph, and uh, give folks one last opportunity to call. Sounds good, Steve. Whether you currently have an advisor or you've never worked with a financial professional before, we're going to be taking the next 10 callers who are in need of that missing financial plan. We're going to create and customize a full-blown financial plan review valued at over $1,000 and give it away absolutely complimentary, no obligation. What this will consist of is simply taking the mystery out of financial planning by taking a look at what you're currently doing and maybe just making some slight changes. Let's map it all out, your goals, income needs, expenses, tax strategies, and even transfers of generational wealth. We'll get that plan built for you and see where it leads you. Let's get you reacquainted with your investments without any obligation. In short, we're going to take the guesswork out of financial planning. So for the next 10 callers, a full-blown comprehensive plan review that is valued at over $1,000, we'll be giving it to you complimentary with no obligation. That sounds fantastic, Joseph. Folks, last opportunity today to give us a call at 800-779-1942 and get that financial roadmap put together once and for all. Uh, you know, there's, a, again, it's a way to, for you to get that roadmap put together. It's a way for you to have a roadmap to help guide you to where you need to be. 800-779-1942. That's 800-779-1942. Joseph, as always, a pleasure to be here and uh, enjoy our conversations. Boy, it went fast today. Thank you, Steve. Eric Carney is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Retirement Wealth, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and this station are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by RWA. Insurance licensed in the state of Florida, insurance license number P138852. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interests of our clients and make full disclosures of any conflict of interest, if any exists. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV2A, page 4, for additional information. WealthGuard is a complete portfolio monitoring system. Designed by determining the amount of downside risk a client is willing to tolerate, WealthGuard is added to a client's account to protect them from the downside risk. WealthGuard is not a stop-loss strategy. When the account value in the portfolio hits the targeted value, an alert is sent to the client, advisor, and money manager. There is no guarantee the exact WealthGuard value will be captured or assets will be traded or liquidated the same day due to time of day or market restrictions.